Faith, family, freedom, hope, and opportunity. You're listening to Freedom Rings. I'm your host, Senator Marsha Blackburn. Today, I am so honored to welcome Jennifer Harrison to this episode of Freedom Rings. She is the founder of a victim's Rights New York organization, which advocates for victims and survivors of homicide violence. She's dedicated. She's passionate. She is an advocate for victims and their families and really is putting a lot of time through Victims Rights New York, putting a lot of time into advocating and calling out the justice system that is becoming more and more lenient and thereby soft on crime. She is a proud New Yorker and an American patriot who really has committed her life and work to making her state and her country a better and safer and more free place to live and work. And Jennifer, today we know that, uh, you are inspiring a lot of people to advocate for the loved ones that they have lost. And you're doing this because you have walked that path yourself. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story and how you came to the victims' rights um, movement? Well, first, I want to thank you so much for having me on today, Senator Blackburn. I think it's so important that people hear that there is a very human element behind some of the numbers that they're seeing regarding the increase in violent crime. And, you know, there are tears, many tears that are shed and heartbreak that's experienced. And these are life sentences of pain that families like mine are given. So um, it's very important. And I, I greatly appreciate being here. In 2005, both my boyfriend and his best friend were stabbed to death in a bar fight. They were killed by three brothers, two of which had criminal records, one of whom was out on parole in a different state. They allowed the two brothers, because of technical issues legally with the case, they allowed the two brothers with the criminal records to go off completely free. And one brother that had a clean record to plead guilty to two manslaughters, and he got out of jail nine years later. The one brother that was on parole was never even violated. So I learned, you know, I was only 27 years old. I was with my boyfriend for six years at the time. We buried both of his parents together. You know, we experienced um, and went through things that a lot of married couples don't go through in a lifetime. Um, So I basically became a widow at 27 years old and had to navigate through a system that was unfamiliar and unfair. So I, you know, I joined support groups uh, with other survivors of homicide victims and mothers that had buried their children, which I don't know how they get the strength to go on, but they do. And that got me through, you know, the next 17 years and, and here today. But then I started learning about all these, you know, so-called progressive criminal justice reforms that were happening in New York State and across the country. And I saw what my family had gone through, what other families had gone through with an already broken system that gave criminals all the rights and victims no voice in the case whatsoever. And I decided that it was time to take action. And 
so you founded Victims Rights New York. So talk to me a little bit about the focus of victims rights, because I know if people do not feel safe and feel as if they can't be in the public square, then that is a loss of their freedom. So talk a little bit about what what you all are advocating for and how you're working. It is a loss of freedom. And, you know, here in New York, not just in the city, but everywhere, no one feels safe. And we can't live our free lives in constant fear and looking over our backs. People are scared to take the subway. So Victims Rights NY is a political action committee um, to driven to advocate for victims' rights and political accountability for the lawmakers that are passing these laws that make us less safe and take away our freedoms while, you know, letting criminals run rampant. I, I think this is such a worthy cause because crime is one of the top issues right now. We hear so much about it, and especially from women, we hear so much about crime. And I know you work with the survivors' families. How is it that they end up reaching out to you? And when they come to you, what do they say that they are wanting to accomplish through working with you? So fortunately, um, I've been covered a lot in the media, and that has helped with a lot of my outreach. A lot of uh, victims' families have gotten in touch with me either through social media or through email, and they're just uh, disgusted and they're scared and they need help. So they ask for my advice in how to, you know, who to contact and what legal channels they could take, what rights they have, and how we can, you know, get elected officials involved or or get them out of office in November if they're not helping. And Jennifer, one of the things that as I was looking at your organization and looking at the work that you do, we know that every time somebody feels that their rights are taken away and or they actually are taken away they're diminished that is a loss of their freedom and their ability to get that justice that they so desperately are seeking so kind of walk our um, podcast listeners through a pathway that you see for what needs to be accomplished and you give me the idea of what needs to be done at a state level what needs to be done at a federal level that would then give those families the recourse that they are seeking for reclaiming that freedom and seeking that justice i'm so glad you asked that senator because people don't really think about that aspect of it when when we're talking about victims and our civil liberties and civil rights are being violated our the loved our loved ones had a civil right and a human right to live and breathe and walk down the street and not have their life taken away so you have organizations like the american civil liberties union or the new york city civil liberties fighting for the rights of the people that took this from our loved ones and from us essentially but you have nobody fighting for the victim or for our freedom or for our right to live free of fear and walk down the street and breathe and we need to elect people at the state level at the county level and the federal level that care about the rights of hard-working law-abiding citizens and are going to stop fighting for the rights of criminals 
We also need to implement laws that will keep the bad guys locked up. You know, President Trump implemented the First Step Act, trying to create a more fair and just system and end mass incarceration that was implemented by Biden's 1994 crime bill. And I think that he did a very good job instead of issuing a blanket release mandate, which is what a lot of these so-called progressives are doing at the state level, Donald Trump went in and rewrote sentencing guidelines that seemed harsh or unfair for what they call victimless crimes. And I think that that needs to be done on the state level as well. And if you did that, then people would have a clearer picture of what what they need to do in order to seek that justice, correct? Yes. And that is something that we all want to see. So many times when people have been victimized, we hear it, and I know you hear it every day because this is your life's work. And you you think about seeking that justice for your boyfriend, for Kevin, and for the loss of his life, for how that impacted you and his family. And what you had to do was just go figure it out. And now what you're trying to do is kind of give a guideline or guide um, a guidebook for individuals that are going through this process. Yes, we are also trying to implement having victim advocates in police precincts because many times they don't uh, get, victims don't get an advocate until they're assigned a district attorney in a court case, and by then you, you you're already you know in a whirlwind of emotion and and you've already had to deal with months or even years of not knowing what's going on. So we're, I think having an advocate from the beginning of the investigation would helped tremendously. There are all kinds of resources that are available through state and federal victims offices to help cover funeral costs, uh, counseling sessions. There, there's a lot of resources available that we have to make more abundant, but that advocates at the investigation level and the commencement level of the case would be able to help more with. So that's one of the things that we're fighting for. And uh, talk to me about how these uh, lenient blanket um, policies have affected you when criminals are let go, when there's no cash bail. How does that affect the victims' families, the victims and the victims' families, when they hear this, when they see this? Well, bail reform in New York, we now know, has caused 3,500 new victims. There's a former prosecutor here that is is telling us, uh, his name is Jim Quinn, he's very respected, that of those victims, there are 1,900 shooting victims. So, you know, Joe Biden and all the Democrats want to run around and, and talk about gun violence in order to take away gun rights, but New York State has some of the strictest gun laws in the country, and we still have this gun violence, and they want to talk about you know, gun crimes and reducing gun crimes, but they don't want to talk about the 1,900 shooting victims created by their bail reform. So I think that we have to address that first. And, you know, there was another aspect of bail reform in New York State that people don't talk about called discovery reform that actually requires prosecutors very early on in the case to hand over witness and victim contact information to the defense. This has presented horrible, horrible results in, in gang investigations. People are scared to come forward because they, you know, victims don't want to release, have their information released. They should be protected, not, not released. And witnesses don't want to come forward because they don't want their information released either. So these laws are just horrible. 
every every way that you think about it. You know, we also have, it's been on the news lately, one of my friends, Matt, and she calls me her battle buddy, which I'm proud of, Madeline Brame, whose son was Sergeant Hassan Coria. He fought for us in Afghanistan. Combat, he was a combat soldier, survived Afghanistan and came home and was murdered by a family of thugs on the streets of Harlem. The woman that held him down, chased him and held him down so that her brothers and their friend could stab him to death is now free four years later because of bail reform. And I'm sorry, Senator, but I do not want to live in a country where you can murder a veteran that fought for our country and live your life free from any consequences for four years after that. And tell me, whatever happened to the people that mur murdered Kevin? Did they so, ever get pulled into court? Did they ever get prosecuted? Two, two of the brothers were charged, but their charges were dismissed. And one of the brothers pled guilty. So there was no trial, but he was charged and he and and pled guilty for two counts of manslaughter. So he was at, he received a five and a half year sentence for killing Kevin and a six and a half year sentence for killing his friend, Michael. And he was out in 2014, which I had no say in. Oh, my goodness. I, I think that hearing these stories and the impact of these stories is something that is so emotional for people. And I know that a lot of our listeners are going to want to do something. Tell me what just, you know, those of us that are not involved in uh, working on issues like yours, what we can do, what can everybody do that will help push forward so there is justice for victims of these violent crimes? So really everything comes down to money. And I'm not sure if any of your listeners have been following what's going on across the country, but a lot of the candidates that are fighting for these, uh, you know, pro-crime, pro-criminal policies are funded by George Soros. That's who we're up against. He's, you know, he has a lot of funding and a lot of money to throw around. So we do need donations. There are organizations like mine across the country that they can donate to, or you can go to victimsrightsnypac.com and there's a donation link on there. And you could also call your state representatives and your federal representatives and ask them how they feel about some of these policies that are implemented. Look up their voting record. And if they if they voted for bail reform in your, or something similar in your state, vote them out in November or call them up and tell them that if they vote on any upcoming legislation that is pro-criminal or soft on crime related, that they will be fired in November. Well, that's good advice, and I think that's something that everyone should do. It's just so interesting to me, as I said earlier, crime is right there at the top of list of issues. I think we've got a lot of security moms out there. They want their communities to be safe. They want children to be safe when they're in school, when they're going to activities. They want their college students to be able to go to college and be safe when they are out and about, uh, they want to know that when they go to work, they're going to be able to get home safely at the end of the workday. When they go out at night, they're going to be able to enjoy an evening out and come home safely. 
so crime is something that is really affecting them. And these lenient programs, uh, the no cash bail, uh, the early release program, so many of the things that you have cited are seeming to have the effect of encouraging people to move forward with crime because they feel as if they're going to be able to commit these heinous crimes and still get out and not have to be responsible for those actions. I've got to ask you, since our podcast is Freedom Rings, tell me what freedom means to you. Freedom is America. Freedom is getting up in the morning, going to work, living your life, not in constant fear of, you know, what's happening over your shoulder, or if somebody's going to push you into an oncoming train on the subway, or if your child's going to be shot by somebody that was released while they're walking to school, or if you're going to get raped in the park. I, I think it's pretty simple. I'm that, that's not freedom. Well, you are so right. And Jennifer Harrison, what a wonderful job you are doing for New Yorkers and for the American people. You are inspiring so many people to take action and people that have been victimized to stand up and fight for their rights and to push for that freedom that ability to live in a free, fair, safe society. And we appreciate all the work that you that you are doing. Your organization is Victims Rights New York. And you mentioned your website earlier, victimsrightsnypac.com. And I hope that our listeners will keep up to date with you. And we look forward to the good work that you are going to accomplish. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Freedom Rings. You can follow me on Twitter at Vote Marsha, Facebook at Marsha Blackburn for Senate, and on Instagram at Team Marsha. And you can always find us online at MarshaBlackburn.com. The Freedom Rings podcast is edited and produced by Jared Cummings. Executive producers are Conservative Partnership Center and Marsha Blackburn. Together, we make Freedom Rings.